On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, the Panthers get to keep me as a fan. We've got plenty of NBA talk, big deal, no thing, and so much more. Let's go. Another all new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing? That's oozing out your doggone hands. That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk, or you can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also be a part of the conversation on our Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Man, oh man, oh man, it's almost like somebody in that front office heard me when I said, if they trade for uh, Jimmy G, I ain't gonna be no fan no more. But before we get into all of that, let me welcome in my main man and yours, DJ Highstar in the building on a virtual perspective. My dog, what's good, bro? What's good, what's good? Carolina Sports Talk Nation, Sports Talk World, what's, what's happening? Dog, how you been, man? It's been a long time. Been a whole week since the folks been able to highlight us, man. How did the fourth turn out for you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good, man. Shout out to my mentor, Mix Master T. Um, we had a great time out there at his place uh, with his cookout, his annual cookout and stuff that he does. So definitely a good time. Man, I stopped by for a quick second. I wasn't able to kind of chill like I wanted to, man. But um, you was out there... Uh, Thumping so hard, you was out there shaking lines and calling, causing folks outages and stuff. Man, you was doing your thing out there, bro. So, uh, shout out to you, man. Yeah, it seems like, seems like every year fireworks is getting stronger. Like they sounding like bombs and stuff nowadays, or sounding like we at war. Whenever you hear fireworks, or if I don't really recall, like fireworks being this massive whenever we was younger. And and it's crazy because I remember like we used to have the Roman candles with the pew and then the like little sparklers and thought we was doing something. And then when you get the little M80s, man, just, shh, the loud firecrackers, boy, you thought you was something. And then, like you said, a little older, maybe in the high schools when they started coming out with the little tubes and the projectile joints with, with the doom. Now the, the artillery, they got these. Shh, you almost could go to war, man. Do you see the yeah, they uh, selling? Go ahead. They selling. They selling like commercial fireworks to to regular folks, like so you could have your own mm-hmm. your own fireworks show. It look like you know you on a on a lake or at some <laughs> you know the White Water Center or something like that. Or and you the, just on the block, right? Or at the Round Holiday Inn downtown Charleston. Now, they used to mm-hmm. have a good fireworks show, but bro, these, these it's getting too out of hand though. I'm, I'm I'm keeping a buck. I saw on social media, bro, where this family was shooting it, and and mistakes happen. I I. They got the kid apparently put the projectile, one of the little bulbs like things upside down in the tube. And so when it blew the bottom, rather than shooting up, it just stayed down in the tube and then burst in the bottom of the tube and and, and, and went and did its regular spread out wide. Because um, at that point, it's a missile. You feel me? And so when it did that, everybody was like, oh, and they would jump and he was like, run. 
And but what they didn't realize is one of the sparks from that projectile also somehow ended up in the pile of fireworks. And so not only did it just have that that. one, it lit the entire block. And of course, everybody got these ring lights. And so the whole thing was caught on video. But it, um, yeah, it messed up them boy whole cars. Man, if y'all was out there shooting fireworks, hopefully y'all safe. Everybody got all their fingers. Uh, Terry went in reverse and all that good stuff. But, dog, we got to jump into the show, man, because not only did the 4th of July provide us with some fireworks, but the Carolina Panthers say, hold up. We about to bust some moves, man. The Carolina Panthers executed on Wednesday a trade for Baker Mayfield, formerly the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. In this instance, now the quarterbacks on the roster for the Carolina Panthers include the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft, the number three overall pick in the 2018 draft, a third rounder in the 2022 draft, and some other cats who just out there to fill up a roster spot. What are your thoughts on the trade for Baker Mayfield, man? I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, I mean, I saw it coming anti anticlimactic if you will uh you know it was two two choices like i said after after russell wilson and um your boy deshaun Mm -hmm. was out of the out of the race it was two choices and uh you know they like you said the football gods might have wanted you (laughs) on the team panthers a little bit longer because I, like I said, I, I just it, it it's nothing for me to get excited about because you see this a mile away. Mm-hmm. It's not like a couple of weeks ago we were like, oh man, if we get Baker Mayfield, it's just I think I mentioned right. it on a past show. You know, I think he's going to have a lot of fun in the south end of Charlotte at some of them bars, and uh, I just hope he doesn't find any kind of connects or plugs on any illegal substances. You know, he ain't have to look far, but that's neither here nor there. So the trade itself, and I'm hoping that this sounder didn't just pop up because I'm getting the details on it now. And they might. Anyway, the trade is Baker Mayfield for a fifth round, uh, excuse me, a conditional fifth round pick in 2024. Um, Mayfield will immediately enter um, the competition, like I said, with Sam Darnold, who we got just before last season. The Browns picked up $10 million of the cap hit for this year, which means we'll only end up paying him about $5 million. Uh, well, five and a half million. If you consider that a fifth rounder and $5 million could potentially have a player on your squad who has the talents to, again, have been a number one overall pick. I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem with it. Now, like you, I'm not excited about this trade, but I'm optimistic. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm definitely about to big cliff you a little bit. Knowing the upgrades that we made for the uh, with the offensive line, knowing the backups that we have for Christian McCaffrey, knowing that the defense is going to be healthy, I was actually comfortable with Sam Darnold going into the year because he this a squad that was less talented than what we have now started off three and zero last year with him at the quarterback position. Now, granted, when certain key players went down. He lost all his mind and and decided he wanted to just start throwing interceptions up and down and left and right and seeing them same ghosts that he saw in New York with the Jets and kind of reverting in that instance. But I was comfortable with him slotting into that starting position. 
If we take a look at what Mayfield can do and the reason that he was picked over Sam Darnold in the first place, this could really work out to be well. Now, it's going to be one of two things. Either he's going to be the same Baker Mayfield that he has been, and at the end of the season, he's out of there anyway, or we can anticipate him being able to be a contributor and maybe even being on the roster again next year. Now, we know that uh, Matt Corral was the the, uh, pick for us in the draft this year, and I'm excited to see what he's going to be. But this gives him the chance to go old school, sit on the bench, and learn. Granted, there may be a whole lot of learning <laughs> learning what not to do, but ultimately I think it's a, it's a good look. Now, there are those who are saying that there's going to be a competition. If Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold go head-to-head in a competition, who do you like coming out of that as the starter? Um, uh. I guess I guess Baker Mayfield just uh, again from his his cashier. I think he sells more tickets. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think there was news that came out officially today as well. I could double check it here in a second. That you know they've you know how organizations try to make a stance to try to get ahead of any kind of PR type of stuff, and they've announced that you know we're still going with Darnold to start off the season, which really means nothing, of course, right? This, this, uh, this early in the summertime. Um, but I also have a a different perspective on stuff and I was gonna, I was gonna send you an audio clip for you to rip and drop before you made your announcement and stuff today, but you gave such a great introduction to everything, but I was going to send you the intro of pops or, um, from, um, from Friday, it's like we live, you live to fight another day because that's exactly what, what you and your fanhood did. Y'all live to fight another day. But <laughs> I have a different, I have a slightly different perspective on on your optimistic take uh, regarding Darnold and, and Mayfield ending up on the same roster. Okay. I want to hold to task the GMs and the guys that are responsible. Um, drafting these guys this year in the same draft that held a Lamar Jackson and a Josh Allen. Um, And, you know, we don't get everything right all the time, of course. And sometimes in that war room, they just go by X's and O's and the interview process and stuff like that. But I think it says a lot that, again, two guys out of the five, with the exception of um, Josh Rosen or whatever, but two out of those five quarterbacks are on the same roster right now. And there's no super hype around it when you got Josh Allen and Lamar uh, Jackson potentially uh, vying for AFC MVP every year and, and the league MVP for that matter every year, just the way that they perform. So just want to hold those guys to task that, uh, that did select quarterbacks, but seemingly it doesn't seem like they selected the right ones. Big facts. And, and, and honestly, I see and understand the potential that both had and why I actually watched Sam Darnold playing at USC um, with a couple of games. I watched them play UCLA um, when he went up against Josh Rosen. Um, and then, and, and then there was another, um, another game I watched. I want to say what I've been um, the UW game. But I watched Sam Darnold, and he he looked apart. He looked like an NFL quarterback. Baker Mayfield won the Heisman Trophy. So again, both of these guys had the 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 potential. They had the intangibles and all of that other good stuff. So I understand why and they they were misses. 
quite quite honestly, they were misses. Sam Donald went into a situation in New Jersey, in yeah, I guess no, they yeah, they, they New York, uh, in New York where it wasn't a good fit. Uh, he had a couple of good receivers. He had Robbie for a little while up there, but the Jets organization itself is overall just trash. The the quietness is kept. The Browns ain't like they've been world beaters. Now they took and have surrounded that team with a lot of playmakers. They feel like the quarterback position is the one thing that's missing. I still say the Cleveland Browns organization as a whole is trash as well. And and so um, Sam was tainted goods. It it will remain to be seen if Baker Mayfield is as well. Um, if we look at them in a head-to-head, I guess, comparison, throughout their career so far, in the four years or five years that they've both been in the league, um, they've they, they kind of been, both been pretty run-of-the-mill average. If you look at the QBR, um, Baker Mayfield is slightly above average at a 51.55 QPR um, with Sam Donald way down at the bottom with a 39.42. Uh, but then when you start looking at some of the other ones, interceptions, Pretty similar, 56 for Baker, 52 for Sam. Where they differentiate then starts to be in some of these other numbers. Touchdowns, 92 for Baker Mayfield with only 54 for Sam. Fourteen Over 14,000 yards for Baker, only 10 for Sam. Um, and so even with the completions, 300, different, 300 completions, uh, excuse me, 300 attempts, uh, separate them with 200 incompletions, completions separating. I struggle through that. But the moral of the story is Baker has shown himself to be a better quarterback. He is an upgrade. And and at the end of the day, um, yeah, Sam knows the offense. Yeah, Sam has already been here a year. But I'm I'm confident that Baker Mayfield is going to get in there and allow himself, no matter what they say. Because like you said, it's the summertime. It's July. Once they get into minicamp and Baker Mayfield show who he is and we'll be able to once and for all, once and for all kind of just put to bed who's the better quarterback, that's who's going to be starting. And no matter who it is, if it's Sam, if it's Baker, even if it's Matt Corral, I don't care who it is. I think with the offensive line playing with – if they play up to the potential that they can and the defense plays like they can, man, it's going to be some trouble for the NFC South, bro. So over under uh, – Matter of fact, I'm not even going to do over under. Pick a starter. Who's the starter for the Carolina Panthers week one? Uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, week six. Carolina Panthers. I'm sorry. Week six. Who's the starter? Baker Mayfield. Week 18. Who's the starter? Uh, barring any injury, Baker Mayfield. I love it. You like it? I love it. Let's get it. I, I, and I'm comfortable with that. And with that, I can see a ten and seven record, and I and, I, and I'd be okay with that. Ten and seven, maybe like a nine and nine and eight ish kind of record. Um, so we'll see. We'll definitely see. Uh, if you are excited about the Baker Mayfield trade, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. Let us know what your thoughts are. So many of you guys have already been reaching out on Facebook, uh, even though you're not hitting us up on the Facebook group. Uh, I have gotten more calls, more texts than a little bit. Overall, I'm excited about the move. Um, let me rephrase that. Yo. Yeah. Now I was going to ask you, you said if all of those things happen that you mentioned, it could be trouble for the NFC South? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I think that the Panthers will be church boys for the NFC South. Are you serious? Really? Bro, if we got we, we, we got to realistically look at it. Good old Christians. Here's the thing, Skip. Not um, getting in any trouble. If you look at the South as a whole, 
Atlanta will be garbage. They're going to be trash. Matt, Matt, Matty Ice is gone. Um, if you look at Tampa, yeah, they still got Tom Brady. Yeah, they still got some of the best weapons in the league. But how many times have we seen Tom Brady play without Gronkowski and win anything? Gronk's gone. He ain't coming back. He's retired. He's official. He got his old lady. He working on whatever he got going on. He ain't coming back. And I know that's just one difference. But even with him last year, they weren't able to get it done. And I don't believe that he's going to do it now. Now, does that mean they ain't going to win no games? Absolutely not. They're going they will very likely win the division. It is what it is. Um, the South, Jameis is coming back from an injury. We'll talk a little bit about him and big deal, no thing. But the Saints defense is still going to be tough because they always are. Um, but they're almost in a worse situation than us offensively, if if I'm going to be honest about it. They, their top receiver didn't play at all last year. Um, they, they, they're in too much influx. They're going to want to try to get that other fellow who's their little multitasking uh, Swiss Army knife. They want to get they got too much going on down there. And so I don't have any faith in the Saints either. Your, your tone sounds like a car salesman. <laughs> um, but it's like it's, it's like not I'm trying to convince you right now. Again, uh, if if everything goes fine and, and, and well and dandy, cool. I'll I'll look for, you know, a, a JC horn or um mm-hmm. like some kind of jersey like that. I'll get a jersey like that. I won't or maybe even I might even grab me a nice white Christian McCaffrey joint um or a black Christian McCaffrey joint. But, you know, that'll be a pleasant surprise or whatever for me to go out and get any Carolina paraphernalia this year, any new Carolina paraphernalia. You know what? I got one for you. It's hot. Hot hits. The Carolina Panthers paraphernalia all throughout the United States will sell out by week 14. And why will it sell out, you're asking? Because the Carolina Panthers will be on such a tear. They will be talked about on everybody's newscast, not just here on Carolina Sports Talk. Everybody going to have them on the – just pause. They're going to have them in their mouth, air one of them. And Skip and Stephen A and Max and none of them boys going to be able to stop talking about the Carolina Panthers because we're going to surprise that many people. In 2015, no one saw us coming. Now, I'm not finna say we're going 15, 16 and no like that. Not by any means. But the Carolina Panthers will be a force this year. I'm putting it out there. Book it. You need that. <laughs> you can book it. I'm in the NFL, you, to me, you need. Don't get me wrong, Christian McCaffrey's a leader, but you need that leader on the field that's going to will you to a win, and oftentimes that's in the position of um, a quarterback. You have a wideout that are like, "Get me the ball. Let me show you what I could do, or I could change the course of this game." Um, but yeah, it's that's that's you where think, you you don't think we have at. that. When you say no. leader, you don't mean like a vocal leader. You mean somebody with a talent level. To step up and excel. Well, a vocal right? leader, a vocal leader could definitely be shallow leadership. Um, but I mean, somebody not only that could step up with the skill, but has the experience to where your players buy in to this player and what he's saying. Um, I just don't see that for us right now. I definitely think we got a lot of young talent, some great young talent, but it takes consistency throughout that season 
like that 2015 season, we took it one game at a time. It seems like last year started off great. As soon as that first obstacle hit us and that one bump, it was, and you know, but that's, that's pessimistic Paulie over here. I was just getting ready to say that's just a pessimist in you, bro. And, and I get that because even as you say that. When it comes to the Panthers. As you say that, my mind goes, well, no, the leader could be. There isn't one individual who you can look to say as as far as to rally around and they're the absolute clear lead of that school, of that school, of that team. Because Christian McCaffrey, he's going to shut up and he's going to play and he's going to do his job. DJ Moore, he, although he's a top 10 wide receiver in the league, and I said what I said, he's not that vocal leader. Your boy Baker Mayfield is not going to be that. He may try to step into that role. And who knows? Maybe because in Cleveland he he was dealing with so much and all of the other stuff that he wasn't given an opportunity. But in this team, he could come in and I could very easily see him stepping up and taking that lead. Um, again, it's got it's going to have to be a lot of things going right, a lot of things that are going to have to fall in line. But the thing is, the pieces are there. I honestly believe that we've got skill at every position offensively on the line at receiver in the slot out wide at wide and, and, and at, mm, every position except for t- uh, tight end. That's still a, a, a question mark, but with every other position on that field, we have skilled leaders who skilled players who could be the example worth of leading from their, you know what I'm saying? From their output, they don't have to be the vocal ones defensively. I'm not worried about it. Shaq Thompson back there. Um, a lot of them other cats, uh, they, we're good defensively. We got leaders back there. Offensively, I could see it being a deficiency, but Baker may come, he may come and step up and surprise some folks. But again, that's going to be one of those things that it's got to be underneath the surface and, 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 and coming up to, to rise to the top for us to be able to see it. But I'm not, I'm not as yeah. pessimistic as I was at the conclusion of last season. We had episodes on here, but we talked and it was just like, Boy, I don't even know what them boy. Well, we didn't even want to talk about them. Now they're leading the show. They're gonna be leading everybody else's in before you know it. Baker Mayfield jersey's gonna be selling out. People like people like Baker Mayfield, his commercials, all of that stuff. Now a lot of them don't happen to be. How football does that fans. translate? Well, that translates to my uh hot take that we're gonna sell out the, the merchandise. So um Right, but record. And it sounds like your next line is going to be V4 or V6, man. And how much would you like to put down on that? $10,000? Well, I'll tell you, you can take it off the yard right now, but I got six other people looking, so I need you to go ahead and make a decision. Exactly. Not even, bro. I'm just just stating the facts, man. To your point, um, I give, we still got Chen, right? In the secondary? Absolutely. So him and Shaq definitely are going to anchor the defense. And give some leadership. Veter- See, that's the word I'm looking for, really. Veteran leadership. Veteran leadership. Gotcha. Um, you know, even if it's young veteran leadership, they're going to give that to our defense. And a lot of times when you have, like, situations like this where the defense is taken care of or vice versa and, and y'all are a unit that's together and know what y'all need to do, a lot of times there's dissension if the offense is still trying to figure it out. So let's hope mm. that throughout training camp and, and everything like that, the defense kind of whips the offense into shape and kind of brings their standard or their, their you know, their standard or quality of, of play up to the level where they're like, all right, this is Panther football. Outside of that, though, you know, that and special teams. You just want 
the defense to mm-hmm. kind of carry a special uh, high quality of excellence and be like, this is this is this is what we're going to define as Panther football this year. Y'all got to get with it. And um, and not to not not for nothing in 2015, we also had Riverboat Ron. So I think some personality and some leadership does need to come from Matt Rule um, as well to to win over some fans. He's got to uh, him and his staff have to, you know, um, do some things to to kind of win these fans back. And that's all I got to say about the Panthers right now. <laughs> I don't want to continue to be negative. Right, and that's exactly what you're being, Nancy. It's just being negative right now. But honestly, I, I see it. I can see it, especially on the offensive side. Who knows? One of the offensive linemen may step up and be who we need to be. Because at this point, the and I had an argument or discussion on Facebook with some folks that what used to be an, an incredible weakness for this team in one year has turned into a strength. The offensive line unit is going to be a top five unit in the league. If you look at Bradley Bozeman, if you look at Austin Corbett, if you look at um, Icky, our, dra- our first round draft pick, Icky Ukwanu. Them some dogs. Icky is one of the nastiest, meanest, grittiest offensive linemen in that has come in the draft in, in several years, quite honestly. And for us to have been able to get him where we got him was a steal. His mentality, coupled in with some of these other cats that we brought in, them, again, them boys is dogs. If you look at what Jeremy Chin and how he plays the on a defensive side, and then that's why, again, J.C. Horn was able to fit in because he a dog, too. You put that mentality coupled with the leadership that D-Jack and that Shaq and them boys is going to bring on that back end. You add that with some of the experience that, like, Damian um, Wilson played with the, uh, with the uh, in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. You got him over there now. Even the punter. We just got signed a Super Bowl champion punter, John Hecker, who has a mentality that, yo, we nasty I'm getting it ready to coffin kick this thing 78 and a half yards and y'all boys better go out there and cover. Like, I think the culture as a whole, coupled with that leadership from Matt Rule, is it's, it's a wrap, B. Like, we're going to surprise a whole lot of teams. And you can call them Kawhi boys, but I believe we are going to be going back and forth. Well, no, you're a Panthers fan, so you're just going to be like, well, yeah, Big Cliff, you was right. And we're going to rock with it. I'll take the gun metal one. <laughs> As we move forward, also in the NFL, um, I'm not sure if you checked it out, bro, but Boston University um, did like an autopsy uh, of recently passed or not long ago passed wide receiver Demarius Thomas's brain and determined that he had the, the, the degenerative brain disease, CTE. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about it. We, we have mentioned this on air a couple of weeks before about um, – how NFL players going going through what they go through with the bigger, faster, stronger, and all down to the helmets being able to protect them. But these guys are dying younger and younger and younger. Do you think it's a problem that the league is going to do anything about? Or do you feel like it's just a casual, I don't want to say a casualty of war, but an occupational hazard at this point? What are, you, what, what are your thoughts and feelings on both Demarius Thomas being diagnosed after uh, post-mortem with the CTE and what do you think the league is going to do about it, if anything? Well, definitely prayers to his family and rest in peace, uh, rest in power to the young brother. Um, it's crazy when I see P 
people's born dates, anything after 1986. And so he was born in 1987 or whatnot. And, um, yeah, I, I think right now the, the league sees it as that they're doing what they can, how they can. Um, I think the sample size of course is growing for them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been, a a while since players like, um, I think it was, uh, junior Seau yep. mm-hmm. and, and players like that. Uh, and Lord knows how many players were affected by it prior to it being an actual vocal issue. Um, but I, I, I see again, it being, a a thing where the league is doing what it considers damage control, but, uh, the universal laws are going to, I won't necessarily say karma, but the universal laws are going to work itself out to where we're going to see things adjust. Um, uh, my biggest thing with NFL is versus the NBA, their, their money isn't as guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll get to some of the NBA contracts that that have been kind of signed and stuff like that. But to your point, uh, is definitely bigger, stronger, faster athletes each year. You you fight in a break records in the forty time, or your reps with two twenty five at the combine, or your jump, your jumping and stuff like that. Um, and take a player like DK Metcalf for example. Mm. Every week he's going to get every team's best shot. Yep. And that gets yep. overlooked. Um, then when you put in, as we talk about all the time, the iceberg that is fantasy football and gambling and everything like that, that, that billion dollar underbelly of that iceberg of fantasy football, um, you know, things matter as, as far as like catches and, and, and things like that touches to these, to these players. So, they're going out there fighting, literally fighting for their lives every week. Not to make it somber and stuff like that, but I, again, my mind always goes to the larger uh, receivers and stuff. Pause. Now, the you know, these small receivers that are tough as nails or whatever like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, Wes Welkers of the world and, and things like that. Steve Amendola, Smith. even Steve Smith Jr. Uh, or Steve Smith Sr., excuse me. But um, when you like, again, when you're a target as a, as a bigger receiver, you become a fan favorite, but also a fantasy favorite. Mm-hmm. So it's duality in that where you have a responsibility to your team, but also the random guy that comes up to you on vacation, like, yo, man, you got 18 catches from me last, you know, two weeks, man, they, good luck. So whatever, like that, keep that? it up. Nah, I don't think, I, again, I think, I don't know what the stuff that we don't see is i think we we see a lot of the pacified version of fantasy football because that's all we can afford at the most we might spend 100 200 dollars 300 dollars on a league but that doesn't touch come on if you if you have a a 200 yard game and you antonio brown or something like that what's to say somebody ain't just throw you some keys one day yo she's yours yeah, no, that sports car over there. Don't don't worry about it, man. Trust me. You know, or just <laughs> even not even in fantasy, but in, in betting mm, or whatever like I that. See what you're saying. So I see what you're saying. it's just I don't know. I I think I'm pacified to know what how deep 
the game really goes whenever it comes to stuff off the field and the different pressures that players may feel. But anywho, that that all just brings me back to playing through stuff. We saw Antonio Brown last year with the with the Buccaneers. I don't I know my body. I have my personal doctor over here that's told me, you know, what the deal is and what's best for me. But y'all telling me to get on the field or whatever like that. And y'all have the resources and the power to sh- to say, yo, he's selfish. He didn't want to play or he didn't want to be a team player, this and that. So, you know, or or even down to cortisone shots or or shots that that guys got to take. And it's like, OK, I'm going to numb this out for the next two, two and a half hours, three hours, play this football game. And then I got to deal with this for the rest of the week and be hobbling around or, or deal with this migraine headache for the rest of the week. So, I, again, I, I um, it all comes back to your question. In other words, I think that the NFL is doing the best damage control that they can. And I never. I never, uh, I never question a player like a Luke Keekley or somebody like that that retires out of nowhere nowadays. Because let's see your point; these guys are, are, um, you know, succumbing younger and younger, transitioning younger and younger, and then once they do transition, we find out, uh, you know, these things regarding CTE, and we're just, you know, oh man, wow, and it's like, ah man, like. He was getting clocked every week. You know what I'm Lobber. saying? Yep. For me, so. I, I think the key lies in what you said with the comparison to the NBA. Um, the players empowered themselves with the lockout that they had a few years back. They took and laid the seeds that was necessary for where they are now to be empowered and to have that ownership. Not until the NFL players begin to speak out, begin to collectively get on one accord. This last CBA that they had, they got fleeced. And I think they cost themselves, and, and we talk, I think we may have talked about it, but they cost themselves like a lot of money because were, there were those who weren't prepared to, to endure the longevity of a lockout. And so you had like the, your top tier ones who have all this money. It's like, yo, no, we can pool our funds. We can do this, da, 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 we can do that. Um, but we don't need to take this, this share right now because we're we going to be leaving money on the table. Not until the players get on one accord and are willing to take the steps necessary to truly collectively bargain for the greater whole. Are they even going to be able to address real change? Um, Des Bryant, who I've never really been a fan of because he was a cowboy, but whom I've respected for his ability. Um, even, and even for his leadership, he spoke out recently on Instagram. Um, his quote said, quote, DT 88, my heart weak, bro. It's a lot of us living with CTE and the NFL know it. Most, important, most importantly, the athletes who have those symptoms are scared to speak. One thing about me, ain't no false living. No, ain't living no false life. My love and support for athletes are on a much deeper level than most. Now, granted, Dez is in a different stage in his career. He's not the Dez Bryant that he once was. But his willingness to even perhaps jeopardize or put in jeopardy his remaining career says a lot because he realizes and acknowledges there are a lot of those guys who know that if they say something, the league is going to, Oh, well you can't play. And Oh, well now we're going to ostracize you because they do it point blank. There can, you can say what you want. You can have your feelings. Oh, they would never call and compliment. They didn't get paid for nothing. You see what I'm saying? They, when they make a decision that, Oh, you're not good for business. You are no longer 
aligned with what we feel like the shield should represent, then you're gone. If Deshaun Watson was a garbage player, there's no possible way that that cat would even be allowed to step foot in the league again. If you think about Ray Rice, when he when that video came out about him hitting his wife in the video, he was on the tail end of his career. The, the Ravens suspended him. was like, yeah, nah, we're good. We can go ahead and let him go. Even though, again, he was still good, but he was on the tail end of his career. And he never played again after that. Deshaun Watson has been out of the game now for a year and a half, almost two seasons since he's taken a snap. And Cleveland was willing to, because he is a good player, pretty much give all of their whole future away to get him in there and, and, and be their quarterback. It's about the ability, which you can offer and what you're representative of. Daz is right. Players need to start speaking up, taking the ownership to say, hey, it's not just about me. It's about my future. It's about the future of those players who come in behind me. Imagine how many of them who have symptoms, who aren't saying nothing, who are literally shortening their lives, bro, off of trying to get that paper now. It's like, I get it, and I get it, because what would we be willing to sacrifice to achieve our dreams, to get to the highest level in our field? I might be willing to give away some of my family members <laughs> if somebody told me it was going to be a contract, you know what I'm saying, at the full letter. Or, I, shoot, I'd even go work for Amazon at this point and cover football for them. Like, I get it. But at the end of the day, is the cost too high? You see what I'm saying? Not just for you but for those in the future and down the line that you're affected, it's, it's sad and it's tough, but the players have to open their mouths and begin to talk about it. Otherwise things aren't going to change, man. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, I'm going to say a slippery slope, but it's a, it's a tough situation as well, because as you know, still as of now, it's a situation where we can't properly, diagnose or, or, you know, even call it out until somebody is, has passed on and, and transitioned. So, you know, and I think to your point, symptoms do show up. Um, these guys are bred from Pop Warner to be monsters and to be to be killers, uh, for lack of better terms, on the field. And uh, it might be a culture thing as well. Uh, the things that whether it's boxing, whether it's um, football, you know, any kind of contact, full contact sports, even the emergency UFC in the past decade or two, um, there's a there's a culture that we kind of breed into these these young kids that you got to be have that killer instinct and really be ready to take this this guy's head off or whatever like that. So you know, down to the pop Warner, I remember excuse me, being in high school and them emphasizing, no, we're going to teach form tackling and stuff like that. And and having an emphasis on that with the secondary and the linebackers and the linemen, like, no, we're going to teach our boys to keep your, your head up, put your head mm-hmm. on the football and, and drive through the player. And, you know, it was a lot of different little safety things that, um, that, that my high school, uh, went about doing, you know, just kind of to be ahead of the ball and, and, and teaching those techniques at an early level. But I, again, I, I definitely think it's contribute, um, contributes to like a cultural issue that we have when, when it comes to males, like, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, yeah, it, it's, 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 especially uh, if you're on the receiving end of stuff, whether you're a tight end or, or a receiver, you take a big hit or a running back, you take a big hit, a coach pulling you up by the collar, uh, by the horse collar or something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, good, good job. Good job. And shaking you up. You got a concussion and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and you can't show it or whatever like that. So. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I want to take a moment of pause, man. Um, my high school football coach, coach Dave Spurlock passed away this past week. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Shout out to a legend, man. That, that Spurlock was a special one, but he had this thing where if you made a good tackle, if you made a good block or whatever, he would walk straight up to you. And when you saw him cock back, you had to get your head kind of loose because he's fitting to punch you straight in your face mask. And and that was his way of congratulating you or it was his way of getting your attention to say whatever. And and, and so when when we saw it, we, we knew it was coming. So you had, like I said, give him some good. So give, give, give him some good. Hey, yo, pause. Give like some give so it wasn't just him just straight smacking your face mask. It had a little give and it wouldn't bust his hands open. But um, that was his way of <laughs> getting our attention. And and so how many guys could have just got a concussion head snapping back because you lose trying not to make your coach break his hand on the stuff. And so stuff like that was the regular norm, you know what I mean, coming up and going through that time. So uh, first of all, shout out to Coach Spurlock. Shout out to all of the coaches who are out there making a difference. Um, we, we we appreciate you guys. You guys are needed to, to lay the platform and the basis for what so many of us watch and consume and entertain uh, are entertained by. Uh, we appreciate it. To all the athletes out there, man, y'all make sure you're taking care of yourselves. Any NFL stars who may be listening to this, if you got symptoms of CTE, say something, bruh. Go talk to somebody. It's not worth it to, to jeopardize your future for yourself, for your kids, your legacy, all of that. So uh, go say something. Moving forward, it's time to talk a little NBA. I'm not going to give you no music, bro, but I'm going to pass it over to you. Um, how about them Lakers? <laughs> um, yeah, in that fashion, I'm passing it right back to you. Uh, uno reverse. Uh, That's for a uno reverse. Topic, you know, the, yeah, the Lakers fall in the final game of the California Classic. Why don't you take that over? Yeah, because so... Um, I have no interest in it. This dude, yes, he got me talking out here to basketball. Now, so the the Lakers, for those of you who missed it, were out in the California Classic Summer League at the Chase Center in San Francisco. Um, the Lakers, the Kings, the Golden State Warriors, and the Miami Heat were the teams playing in this little tournament classic. The Lakers, in the first two games, handily took, took care of uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Miami Heat. But that last game, the classic championship, um, which basically was the facto championship, we fell to the Kings 82 to 75. And so um, they don't say nothing, that much to me other than there is hope for the Lakers. Um, typically and uh-huh. traditionally, we relax, relax. I'm getting to explain why. And here's why. Um, <laughs> how we have done in Summer League is reflective of what the young talent can be. Now, where we have too often. Since really since Kobe, since Kobe retired, what we've since too often done is taking all that talent and say, all right, let's go trade them and see who we can get for them. <laughs> but like if you take a look at the players that have either been drafted and or signed as free agents, um, as young free agents, let me say that by the Lakers, all of them around the league doing great stuff. I mean, they're doing good once they leave us. It's just we don't keep them. We don't we don't wait that eh, 
extra step. Like, you know how you can, like, when you're baking the cookies and you want your cookies soft, but you don't want them, like, uncooked. So it's like that real perfect time when you pull them out the oven where they'll still be, you know what I'm saying, just good enough where you let the heat from the pan cook them the rest of the way. You pull them out too early, they're just going to be raw cookies. You pull them out too long and then you got some crispy, like, cookie crisp cookies. So it's that fine point. We either always send them out too early or bring them in too late, a la all of the cats that we signed last year. But I think if we are able to hold on to a lot of these players that we got right now, um, and we'll talk a little bit um, in Big Deal, no thing about, you know, one of the unique storylines with them. But I think it's a good sign for the Lakers with regards to the young talent that we have on the squad and these cats that can get out there and ball, man. So um, one of the main yeah, ones. Think, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think I saw some Sharif O'Neal highlights. Yeah. So we got O'Neal. We got uh, we got a Pippen on the squad. Recent, We got some acquisitions that we'll talk about in um, the free agency, whatever, that really are getting the squad together. That if we keep these guys and let them build some continuity and not be so superstar centric, we could have a quality basketball team. But not with being the Lakers, they're not going to – a lot of fans – Jeannie Buss may not want to. They're not going to want to say, oh, we're the Lakers. Let's take the time and build a squad. No, they want – it's Hollywood, baby. It's Showtime. We want. We, they want to win. But even if you take a look at um, center Jay Huff, in the first two games with him there defensively, they were a force. Um, anything coming in that hole, he was like, "Yo, nope, not today." And then when he missed this game, it very much showed. So talent like that matters, and it makes a difference. And so I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do. He was out this game as a result of health and safety protocols, a la COVID, being in close contact stuff like that. But um, yeah, nah, he, he, the Lakers got a lot of good squad, got a pretty good little squad. Even the Kings, and, and winning this, like I said, this little championship for this one, they, they Keegan Murray, um, who was like the fourth overall pick this year, he was out there balling. Uh, Javante McCoy, um, he was out here balling for us. Like, both teams had some good young players. Summer ball is deceptive because it's young boys on young boys, and them young boys ain't none of them is LeBron. Awesome. Hey, yo, relax. Hey, yo, relax. Um, I I don't even, bro. What do you, you want me to do with that, man? <laughs> Not say it, but yeah, no, it is young guys <laughs> playing young guys. There we go. And so it's a different level of competition. It's that's that's without doubt. But I'm still excited for the Lakers and and what, and what we're gonna be able to do. Do you have even any thoughts? Yeah. Um, to your point, summer league. I'm first of all, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I've already, sp- I've already spent a lot of my negative energy today on the Panthers. I'm not, <laughs> not getting into that with you regarding this. So I don't know why I led the NBA talk, but um, yeah, it's summer league uh, to your point, you know, your Horton Tuckers of the world mm-hmm. did come from y'all summer leagues and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I said, is, is, you know, people that are starving for basketball, they get to see some some basketball action, if you will. Um, but also, you know, speaking of tournaments and the summer league going on and stuff like that, um, you know, the Thunder rookie, the second overall pick, Chet Holmgren, he uh, uh, was in in rare form yesterday, looking like the white Kevin Durant, uh, <laughs> dropped twenty three points, uh, seven rebounds, four assists. One steal and a record setting six blocks for the summer league competition. Um, you know, it looked apart pretty much. Uh, I've seen a lot of the talk kind of of 
you know, like you said, when the competition is what it is, you're going to step up to the plate. You're on the second overall draft pick. I got to show y'all why I'm, why I'm here. But, but I think it'll be a little bit different when he plays the Antetokounmpo's of the world, the Joel Embiid's of the world, the Nikola Jokic's mm-hmm. of the world and have to guard these guys. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, you know, we've seen it's not it's not impossible or uh, it's not something that like where he's not going to survive the NBA because we've seen Kevin Durant do it from the Sonics Watch and up, have now. that. What's that? Hold on now. I don't know. He's no, it's a big same, difference, though. of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I'm saying physically, as far as their frame, mm-hmm. we've seen Kevin Durant be able to stick it out and not listen to the critics of like, Oh, you got to add all of this weight on to you and this and that. Granted, he's he's gotten he's gotten stronger. And um, over the years, he's been able to use, you know, pause, use his body um, better than like than what he did his first year or two or whatnot. But the same could be said for players like Steph and stuff like that. You develop and you grow into your NBA um, into your NBA frame. So that's the the one thing that I've got against him. I'm excited. And anticipating seeing him play against uh the real you know the nba talent of like rudy gobert's of the world and stuff like that uh what's your thoughts on on chet holmgren's debut <sighs> okay first of all he balled i'm not i'm not i'm not even gonna fake out on him with that but him and his teammate both of them are seven foot one 190 pounds Seven foot one, 100, but you're not even 200 pounds. I know six graders that weigh more than this dude, bro. Now, granted, they, you know, you know, that is what it is. But <laughs> he going to have to eat, uh, eat a pork chalk sandwich, and I don't even eat pork, so I don't even recommend him. But he going to have to eat some pork chalk sandwich, get some gristle, get some something out there in Oklahoma because – if he does not put on some weight, he's not going to be able to, to sustain in the league. Point blank, period. Yeah. Not, a, not a seven foot. Now, does he need to be 260, 250? No. But if he gets to a, a 220-ish, if he can add 20 pounds of muscle, then he and I can go and have a conversation, and I, and I can give him a little bit of respect. Um, now, granted, that now him and the teammate that up there, they're calling them the Slim Towers, which, really? But, um, no, I'm excited to see what he can be. I am all for players from schools like Gonzaga, like your Villanovas, like your um, St. Francis, like the small mid-major schools coming and balling out. I enjoy it, especially when they when they when they do their thing. Um, I eh, I just need them to get some weight, eat a sandwich, bro. Go get some beignets, Agreed. something. <laughs> but now, for Agreed. as far as his balling, for as far as his skills. Now, he's nice, and I think if he is able to sustain and, and, like I said, bulk up a little bit, he could be something serious as long as he doesn't, like, go like the, uh, what's the, the Latvian unicorn and just get ghosts. The who? Is it, was it the Latvian? Your boy? Um, Not Chris Tapps. Chris Tapps, Porzingis, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that had a lot to do with a lot. Stuff going on up in New York in the streets. And in his New York. He was wilding. He was trying to wear Timberlands out there. They ran down on him. And in his, I think, in his home country, they might have ran down on him. The next, you know, yeah, it was a lot going on once he got 
uh yeah 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 let's just keep it at that and uh but shout out to chris taps man shout out to chris taps uh speaking of big men i like uh, one of the big men that i brought up that chet is gonna have to see regardless and it may be when he goes to the east coast now because mm-hmm. he won't be seeing him in on the western western conference games but rudy gobert mm-hmm. uh he's now a member of the minnesota timberwolves uh you know the uh the trade itself, um, I think the um, Minnesota Timberwolves sent over Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler, Leandro Bomaro, and Jared Vanderbilt um, to Utah for the center, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts on it, on the trade itself? Uh, I'll give mine after. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? That's literally my thought. What are they talking? What? So here's the thing. If you're trying to sell tickets, good move. He's a, he's a, he's an all-star. Through the regular season, perennial, perennially, he is a, a, a defensive force to be reckoned with. When it comes down, now, if you're doing this to propel yourself and try to win, like, a championship, then I got to retweet it. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? He is a liability when it comes to the playoffs. Proven. There ain't, like, he's unplayable. You cannot put him on the floor because they're going to hack him and send him to the line. They're going to screen, bring him out to the perimeter, and his big slow feet are going to do nothing but get tripped up and get worked. It doesn't matter who he's playing. That they, they just switch... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already know what it is. Switch. And he's going to be out there looking lost. So he's unplayable in the playoffs. Now you're going to put him out there with Mr. Softy Charmin himself, Carl Anthony Towns. It, Come on, I, bro. I, 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 I don't, don't disrespect. Bro, listen, I said what I said, bro. Don't like, disrespect Jersey. Yo, well, Jersey needs to not fuss with uh, referees so much and go do something on the basketball court. But neither here nor there. I don't understand the move. I, I like I I get that as far as defensively they're gonna be nice and, and gonna be a whole bunch of you know what I'm saying driving in the hole with them and type status going on. But in the playoffs he's he's useless. So regular season if they if they just want to figure they can get a number one seed and maybe try to cruise through the play. I don't I don't have any idea the rationale behind this. It's almost to me it makes about as much sense as Russell Westbrook coming to the to the Lakers. Like, yes, and I did bring it back to the Lakers. That ain't made no sense unless you're trying to switch up stuff for the fit of what they needed. It, it, it was n- it's not a good fit. I, I don't understand why they've got that much money in their back court, in the front court. It's just rid- ridiculous to me. Um, I, I'm actually not, I'm not, I'm not all the way there with you. I, I, I don't mind the trade, but I don't. I don't like them sending Pat Beverly over, even mm-hmm. though I think that was probably necessary or one of the necessary pieces. So in, in saying that, I think that they sent too many uh, players over there to to get them. Um, but I think the Minnesota Timberwolves as a whole turned a corner last last season in their play-in game and uh, in the play-in tournament, rather, and in the first round of the playoffs, I think. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, I think he did gain a lot of confidence. Um, I think 
having Pat Beverly on their roster last year gave him, uh, we started to see him, you know, with the, with the trash talk to Russ and, and different mm-hmm. things like that, him kind of s- stepping into a personality that he's trying to find. He doesn't know if he wants to be a villain. He doesn't know if he wants to be like a crowd favorite or whatnot. So we, I think we starting <laughs> to see him get a little bit more comfortable with, with who he is. Um, and then you just can't forget, you know, the quiet assassin, Anthony Edwards, um, being there. So I would have liked to still see Pat Beverly there, uh, just for his leadership. But I'm hoping, you know, that with what Pat Beverly left there, um, outside of the tears after crying, after the playing game, um, that they are, uh, that they're, that they're going to be all right. I I think they're not going to go far into the playoffs, but it helps for that conference to just be that much, that much stronger is Minnesota in the, in the East though, or in the West? West. They're one of those. Yeah. I was about to say they're one of those teams that for me is always on the, on the cusp when I'm thinking about it. Yeah. They, cause they, they played Memphis of course, and they would have played a uh, thing if they would have won. So yeah, they're, they're in the Western conference. So that's my mistake. I, I to retract and take that back. Chet Holmgren, you know, will be seeing um, Rudy Gobert in the Western conference, but um, yeah, I, I think that overall it, it helps the conversation of uh, the competition in the West. Um, I think it kind of dismantled what Utah had and you'll, I don't know. I think, I think you'll see uh, Donovan Mitchell's representatives and, and team kind of, you know, maneuvering moves. We talked about the leverage that the players have in the NBA. Um, And we'll talk about that here in a second, but I think you'll see, you know, that after a year or two, if it ain't some moves made by Utah, like, yo, we trying to win now, he might try to, you know, finesse his way out of the situation. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if huh, some major moves are still remaining to be seen for free agency in this offseason. Um, even with the Pat Bev, like, I, I, I think I would have liked this trade a little bit more had they le- stuck, like you just said, to your point, um, Pat Bev left on there for that leadership. They 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 are a little too young for me. Um, and then again to mention that in the playoffs, that move helps you none because Gobert is up. Not unless they figure they can fix him and help him be a bit more agile defensively. But other than that, he's gonna get switched on and have to be on the bench in in, in most of the critical times in the playoffs. But um, I can see Pat Bev getting a, a buyout because I don't want to see him wanting to play in Utah and be like, yo. You ain't trying to come back to LA though on the other side of t- you know what I'm saying? But either way, we we we'll we'll see what happens with Mr. Pat Beverly, man. There's a lot there's yeah. like a lot of good free agents still left out there though, isn't it? Absolutely. Um although you've had some of these big signings happen, um, uh, you know, these max deals and you're just tearing numbers, man, that are that are out of this world that, that you, you know, to your point earlier with regards to what they did with their CBA, this is the fruits of their labor where you hearing 214, 205, even mm-hmm. like Jaws deal, just under 200, um, you know, million dollars. This is, this is, this is, it's, it's otherworldly. I don't, it, 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 it contributes to the fact of like, where is the middle class going kind of because you're going to have like super rich folks 
And then we're just going to have like, you know, regular working class and stuff like that out here. Like that, the money that they get, like you take the money that Russell got last year. That's a, a large number. You take the, 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 the what, what Kyrie um, did or whatever like that. And that's after going back and forth with the COVID stuff. That's after him chilling out because of the Black Lives Matter things and stuff like that. And then you still have that super max and stuff like that that's available for you of, you know, $30 million. Um, this is a lot of money that we're talking about with these guys uh, taken. And at the end of the day, half these guys can't shine Steph Curry's shoes. You know what I'm saying? But uh, a lot of the um, top storylines and stuff like that. First, I wanted to bring up uh, out here in Charlotte, you know, right after the Miles Bridges thing, right on the cusp of him signing a, a situation. He's out in L.A. and gets arrested for uh, felony domestic violence. Um, then the Internet does what the Internet does best, and they dug up some old tweets of his talking about, like, I don't see how you can ever hit a, a lady, you know, and hitting mm-hmm. women is wrong and this and that. So it gave the hypocrisy tweets and and put th- those out there. But Miles Bridges, uh, biggest fumble of a bag since Dennis Schroeder. Oh, easily. Uh, because he, he crazy. They, the, the Hornets extended the qualifying offer, but he never signed. Mm. And so that money ain't his. Like, mm. They could pull that offer, which by many reports, I think they're expected to do so. And like you said, he just cost himself a whole bag, bro. After the season you mm-hmm. just had, man, you think that woman set him up for that? I It, it felt like it, it, it feels, it feels, it feels crazy. Then like you see the city that it happened in, mm-hmm. you know, when I speak like that, though, I never want to uh, discredit or discount any person's experience so if if you know somebody got their hands put on them and stuff like that i i hate that um definitely but um you know you just you're just seeing crazier things and you've seen exactly. you've seen that it, it just it's all just the, it was a perfect storm when you look at the timing of everything and it, it's just wild so I, i'm not in any way pro miles bridges where i'm like oh they set them up this and that but it definitely looks peculiar. It looks funny in the light. Um, the timing of it all. It, it and you know he's fine. One thing that he knows how to do, boy, is trend on Twitter. He's always found <laughs> a way in the last couple months to be trending on Stay Twitter. Stay relevant. <laughs> and it's crazy. So outside of outside of Miles Bridges, because again he was, and we talked about it on the show. He was one of the pretty much considered one of the top free agents mm-hmm. before the, the Panthers, I mean, before the Hornets did what they did. Um, but then you got the news coming out of Kevin Durant's camp um, shortly after that, that his team, or as far as his personal team of uh, representatives and stuff, wanted a trade or were requesting a trade from, uh, from Brooklyn. Uh, me personally, um, for contractual re- reasons and things like that, I see Brooklyn not moving either guy and mm. Kyrie and Kevin Durant both staying in Brooklyn. Uh them them making them get on the floor 
with Ben Simmons. <laughs> you and, got four and, years. Get out there and get some. Go get players. Right, some like you know, I, I hear what y'all are saying, and y'all definitely want to trade. But look, we tried. We didn't get any offers that we like. Look, you, you're here. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't. Because with Kyrie, I don't. I, I again, I like I spoke the other week about. I put all of that stuff with Kyrie sitting on those different life events as far as Black Lives Matter and then also with COVID, the way that that worked out. So I don't see Kyrie or Kevin Durant pulling the situation like Al Horford or Ben Simmons where they're just chilling and want to sit down. No, those guys want to play basketball regardless. Um, And they're going to play. So, you know, that's what I personally see is both of them staying in Brooklyn at least for this year, even after all of the hoopla and stuff like that. So I, I honestly see Kyrie going before I see them letting KD go. I believe that, like you, both of them will play there. But I got a hot take. It's hot. Hot takes. If Kevin Durant is traded away from the Brooklyn Nets. He will be going back, back to Cali, Cali, and joining the Golden State Warriors. If yeah, they trade I hate him, that. I, I don't think he. <laughs> I, I think knowing the resolution that has happened with him and Draymond, um him and and the endearment that he has had with the rest of the he want to win he already has embraced the villain role at this point in his career he knows that a lot of teams hate him a lot not teams a lot of fans hate him anyway i i honestly believe and i can see a scenario that the brooklyn nets because they're going to want draft picks which the golden state warriors have they're going to want young talented players in return which the golden state warriors have Go, he's going to want a team that he's going to want to play for, which the Golden State Warriors are. I think he left abruptly, fooling up with Kyrie the first time. Um, he knows that the West is is what it is. It's, it's the best league or the best conference with regards to competition, even though the East has been getting better over through the years. Um, but I really believe that that's going to be the destination if he leaves. You say you hate it and don't like it. Why? Yeah, no, I saw that. I saw those projections on different sports talk shows and stuff like that as well. Um, I just, again, it's it's short memory. Um, it's like not living in the moment, but I, I can't think of the term. But we just, you know, not even a month ago, we're talking about uh, how much they want to keep, you know, so much of the nucleus together of the players they developed and stuff and how much they would love to see players like Wiseman and and Poole and things like that develop. Um, And I think that on the warrior side of things, I don't think that they would sell themselves that, that, that short and, and go out a cheap route. Uh, And for lack of better terms, because it's not, it's not cheap at all to, to get Kevin Durant. Um, But I don't think that they would again, sell themselves short uh, after what they've been through. Uh, and 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 do all of that to to kind of a lot of those guys. It is a business. I understand that, and they want they do want to keep winning. Uh, but it's 
I don't know. It, it feels like it feels like a cheap route uh, of of doing so. So I just I don't like it. I think uh, I think Curry's career is extended uh, more ironically with the younger talent like your Wiseman's mm. and your Pools versus having a, um, a KD. I disagree. If with those young boys. Steph has had to be that leader. He has had to be, and I say he had to, but he's gotten the opportunity to step up and be the, that guy for this team. But he's also had to work that much harder. You're telling me that if for Juan Toscano Anderson, no, I think they, they let him walk in free agency. But if for whatever package of young guys, if it be a Wiseman, if it be... It'd be four, probably at least four guys. I could see three guys and four, and four first-round picks or three first round picks and some pick swaps. But if it's, let's call it three and four and four, four players, four draft picks to essentially buy another championship with bringing KD on, who's now under contract for four additional years. You don't think the Warriors would do that? Knowing the ticket sales that's going to be reflected, knowing that again, who's stopping that team with a healthy clay, Steph, Draymond, if he's not included in a package, even though I doubt that, you know, Brooklyn would want him. And KD, who's stopping that team? I, I mean, I hear you. But again, I just, it's uh, it's probably the, the competitor in me. It's probably just the um, the basketball player in me. I'm, I'm not looking to to build a team, Monstars. Again, it would work the first time. You got through, uh, got two consecutive chips or whatnot. Look, that that error is gone. I mean, and and again, you know, it's just me talking. So it's these are all hypotheticals that we're throwing around. But like I said, I think personally you would be giving up Poole, Wiggins, and then two of two out of the three of Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody. Um yeah. and I just don't I don't I don't like it personally, that's all. Uh, you know, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, I just don't like it. It's not even about me thinking that. Yeah, oh, it it's not about me thinking like. <laughs> you just don't like it's it. It's not. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, sure. They can. They'll become the number one favorites. And, uh, you know, you that's that those type of those type of things. When you try to cheat the game and the basketball gods, that's when, God forbid, that's when your injuries and stuff like that come up or different uh, variables come up that you can't control where it, it changes the course of seasons and stuff like that. And you'd be like, Oh, this experiment didn't work or whatever like that. So as much as I like players having leverage and doing what they're doing nowadays or whatever like that, I like to see things like what golden state has been through, um, even through the KD years and the KD era, you know, um, Steph's tweet from, I think it might have been 2011 or 2012. It still holds true today where he's like, look, we're going to figure this thing out. And I promise you, we're going to come back, you know, stronger and better or whatever like that as a team or whatever like that. And it's a, you know, it's a certain DNA um, that, that the Warriors have about them that I think a move like that would just, would, would cancel all of that stuff out. So I just, I, you know, like I said, I wouldn't like it at all if it were to happen. You don't want to. I don't want to see. And granted, there's a lot of KD jerseys out there from the 
warriors that guys would probably be able to shake off and throw in the cleaners and be like, I don't got to buy a new jersey because I got, you know, numbers. this older KD one from, huh? Until he switched numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless unless that happens, unless he switches numbers, but I just don't like it. Yeah. I, uh, shout okay, out to KD and Kyrie for making, uh, running the sports sports casters and analysts and everybody crazy <laughs> this past week because people i've seen veins popping out of people necks and people just going crazy and wild uh one by one person they should be going wild for right now though I've talked a lot of trash about this guy yeah man zeppeli williams i mean <laughs> uh, excuse me put some respect on that man name <laughs> Zion Itufe Williamson. Uh Zion Crawfish Williamson has been working himself in the fighting trim, man. And you know, physically starting to look scary again. Yeah. You know? Uh just just, you know, physically. My my take on it all is when people like Steph invest in their body. LeBron's invest in their body. You see the longevity translated and you see the performance on the court translated into that. When you just kind of rely on what you're naturally was given as far as strength, height, this and that, whatever, size, pause, then that's where injuries come in at. So I am happy that uh, he's he's working out evidently. I hope that it it goes the I hope that it goes a long way for him. Um because excuse me, I don't think that the I think the NBA is weaker without a healthy Zion. Mm. I want to see Zion highlights. I want to see what he can do as far as impacting a team and stuff like that. Uh but yeah, Zion is getting healthy. We'll see what the Knicks can do if they they still kind of want <laughs> if they, you know. If Zion and the Knicks want to make that marriage happen, we'll we'll see. But uh, a lot of cryptic things he said in the garden in the past or whatever like that. He loves playing in the garden and things like that. So uh, we'll see how all of that goes down. But, you know, shout out to him for for taking those taking those steps and finally listening to Carolina Sports Talk, man, and doing something about it. First of all, he absolutely was listening and shout out to the, I'm saying the Carolina kid. Five years, $193 million. If they said, hey, man, we just need you to get in shape and we'll go ahead and sign us to you, that boy probably was in the boy weight room. Yeah, man, uh, Mr. Beignet, man, I'm going to have to holler at you after the season, man, because the boy trying to sign yeah. him to a contract. Uh, Zion, I realize you don't talk like that, bro, but, you know, shout out to you anyway. Dog, I ain't got no problem with it. I, I think he looks good. We've seen some of the videos and highlights of him going between the legs and starting to beef back up, pause, not beef up, but like just kind of like tone up a bit more and, and get some of that baby weight off and some of the injury weight. So I think he is going to be problem and, and a problem and just overall a, a force for the league. Uh, you saw him kicking it out there at uh, Essence Fest this weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, posted up checking out Patty LaBelle and Janet and them boys. Like, yo, man, got 193, thing, 193 million of them things. I'm going to check out Patty. Gonna see what's up with Miss Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. But you know, he 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 needs to 
probably shed another 15 pounds from where they have him listed right now to be able to kind of sustain through a season. Because to this point, he has not played a full season at all, period. Um, and and it's overdue. It's time. He, he is too dynamic of a force and means too much to the league, like you said, to not be out there. So, yeah, shout out to Zion. And hopefully uh, he can maintain all the progress that he has put in. Next up, as we move forward, our last segment of the day, big deal, no thing. I guess I'm supposed to have some sounders for that, but, you know. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. You know the game. We give you some headlines and tell you whether it's a big deal or not a thing. First up, LeBron James is now playing with three of the most famous basketball names in history. Pippen, O'Neal, and Bryant. Big deal or no thing? No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. First of all, everything the gang do is a... Nah, that ain't no thing. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Why you say it's no thing? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, again, shout out to Sharif O'Neal for some of his Summer League highlights, which was exactly what that is, Summer League highlights. Um, but the Bryant kid is not uh, not a legacy of, okay. of Kobe Bryant or anything like that. It's not like... We're seeing the second coming of of Kobe being Bryant. So, it, yeah, it's, it's no thing. So, of the three of those players, he's the only one that I actually see being a factor next year. Uh, the other two are kind of developmental players. I wouldn't be surprised to see them spend some time in the D-League and or in and out on some two-way contracts. Bryant, however, is a, is a stretch five who – will work well with the LeBron James team. He's got the size and, and, and the stature to be able to, to protect the, the rim, but he can also pop out and, and shoot from the three. Last season, Anthony Davis, in his limited time on the court, shot 18.6% from three-point. That's terrible. That's horrible. It's, it's, it's wretched no matter what position you play. The water boy should be able to shoot better than that. Mr. Bryant, however, shot 36% from the three-point line, which is respectable, especially for a center. So to, to be able to have a stretch five like that is going to be incredibly beneficial for the Lakers and for LeBron. But Pippen and O'Neal, it's cool. They need they, their names. They're their daddy's sons. But we talked last week and on it enough. It ain't no big deal for me. Let's, let's, let's get a squad and, and go out there and win something. Next up, Brittany Griner, still detained, writes a letter to President Biden. Big deal or no thing? A big deal. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. Why you say? Uh, first of all, anything with Brittany Griner, and I missed it last week of just kind of just mentioning her and keeping her name alive. Um, so I apologize to her for that. But anything with her um, with regards to this issue and stuff like that to me has been a big deal um, regardless Um Again, the handwritten letter uh, from her that was delivered to to Joe Biden, he and um, and Kamala, Vice President Kamala Harris, finally had a phone call uh, with 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 her wife, and uh, uh, got, I guess stated that we're kind of we're doing everything to get her back home and things like that. Um, the wife stated her gratitude and stuff like that, saying she's grateful to both of them for the time that they spent. Uh, with her and the commitment that they expressed about getting her home. So, I mean, it's on front street right now, as far as from the, from the white house and it's, it's made its way into the news. Uh, like I said, from the white house itself as an issue. Um, so yeah, I just keep it as a, as a big deal. Shout out to Brittany Griner. 
For the first time, I think, um, in us doing this segment, I'm going to go back and change mine. That's a big deal. Why? I'm going to give you the reason. Was it, was it inspired? No. <laughs> lying. It's the first time. This is the first time that I wanted to curse, but lying. So here, here, here's, you might, you might have widened my perspective. Um, here's why I was going to say it was a no deal. No, no, no thing. We knew that she was not going to be released. We knew that she was still going to be detained because at the end of the day, point blank period, Russia is holding her as a political prisoner. They know what they do. When she walked in that airport and they saw who she was and they were like, oh, this is what she got. They knew those higher ups who got the information knew in that moment. Oh, yeah, we going to war. Oh, we can use this. She was a pawn. And from that moment. And so we, we knew what it is. We know what it is. They can say, oh, if it was LeBron or if it was so-and-so and da 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 oh, she, they would have been home and all that. At the end of the day, it, I, don't, I don't see it being changed no matter who it is. They would have been a political pawn. That's why I say it's no thing. The reason I switched to big deal is because she's a political pawn. But at the end of the day, she is a human being. She is an American who does not deserve to be over there and needs to be home. I understand that Russia is using her to try to get some serious war criminals some people who have sold secrets people who have murdered people who have done all kind of heinous acts they're trying to use her as a uh, as a bargaining chip to get one of them back at this point bring back our our people she's an american she deserves to be home um if we got i don't want to condone and or support and or uh, recommend and push war but whatever we got to do we got to get her back point blank period because she don't deserve to be there. So that's why I switched it to big deal. Next up, and lastly on the record for a big deal, no thing, Saints quarterback Jameis Winston throwing without a brace on his re- surgically repaired left knee. Big deal or no thing? Uh, no thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. That's a big deal. Why you say it's no thing? Yeah, I was, I was on the fence about that as well. Me personally, of course, going through the rehab that I'm going through, mm. I know kind of, I know what that means as far as me like walking with my ankle brace or or a boot on my foot versus not and and things like that. Um, But ultimately, this comes down to, again, being an NFC South, as much flack as I give the uh, Panthers for I still am a Panthers fan. Um, And I'm not scared of no Jameis Winston. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I just I just call it no thing because. I'm looking to to downplay any of that stuff uh, that's coming out of New Orleans. I see what you did, and, and and I can acknowledge that. The reason that I call it a big deal is for the similar, a lot of the same reasons that you said. Having excuse me, having been in situations where we've had to wear knee braces, got one on my knee right now. Having had the, the, the torn quads from last year, and know what it is to once that apparatus comes off how much of a struggle it is to just to walk and, and, and to try to regain where I was before. Now, granted, I'm not the world-class athlete that Jameis Winston is. Am I worried about the Saints still in the South now that he's throwing without the brace on his knee? No, absolutely not. But it's a big deal in his recovery that he is out there 
doing um, now granted i've not seen the footage and or any video so i don't know if he's doing like traditional drop backs and throws or if he's running and throwing or if he's just standing up and tossing a ball without the brace on either way if he's he, if he's there and doing football activities it's a good sign and, and and i wish him a speedy recovery so we can come back and beat his head in when he comes to the bank uh, bank of america stadium in charlotte so either way i think it's a big deal and i, I wish him a speedy recovery so that's going to do it for another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. Dog, you got anything you want to highlight to people? Yeah, um, you know, staying going around social media and stuff the last couple of weeks and stuff and have my own personal thoughts on it as far as feeding your kid versus feeding a bunch of other kids. But ultimately, I wanted, wanted to say this to Carolina Sports Talk Nation regarding that McDonald's viral video that's going around. <laughs> it's fake. All right. It's <laughs> fake. So it doesn't matter what side of the fence y'all are on. I'm glad that it started up this dialogue with with America, more specifically black America or uh, baby moms and baby father America. But it's fake. So whether you whether you buying three or four kids McDonald's or if you just got the bread to afford one for your child, it was all fake and scripted. <laughs> they did it for the gram bro literally literally yeah so here's we're gonna have to do uh nothing to do with sports <laughs> episode because i want to get into that you wasn't expecting that curveball huh I, not at all i want to talk about that i want to talk about these uh individuals out here who are saying that a swimming swimming in a swimming pool substitutes for taking a shower we got to get on that one. Oh. Listen, listen. Oh, and they're so serious. Well, if that doesn't count as a bath, I never washed from 1978 to 1986. Really? Come on. Don't tell nobody that. People out here that know you watching this, don't do that. Um, and there was one other thing. Oh. Chlorine uh, is not soap. It's, it's really not. But they have an argument, bro, that, well, chlorine kills more than soap. And so if I'm swimming in the pool, it equals a bath. And, oh, you don't have to. Well, oh, if you're in the pond and then what? Oh, yo, y'all just got to relax. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, we might have to send some of this over to the DJ Blaze Radio Show podcast. Um, the other one was the Rhode Island state senator who was twerking in a handstand in her bikini on the beach. Um, and then catching a lot of flack about it and then proceeded to respond to every one of the people that added her <laughs> on Twitter and just re- recording videos and responding. Uh, my contemporaries like it. You're stupid. Uh, I could do what I want. I'm a woman. Uh, it doesn't seem like I need the reelection because I just won reelection, uh, like literally just running them down. So, yeah, we we, we might have to do a little nothing to do with sports special coming up soon. If you want to hear it, hit us up on the sports talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. But that's going to do it for this episode. It's been a pleasure talking about the Carolina Panthers and all this other sports. If you want us to talk about your team, some of the other things you got going on, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk, Talk Back. Or just shoot us a line on Facebook, Instagram, at Carolina Sports Talk. We got you and we out here. Until next week, peace.